Hey there, audio listener. You are a marvel. iTunes, SoundCloud, Android, equivalent, wherever. wherever. I just said equivalent, but I'm not going to retake this. It's a live read. Who really cares? At least I'm not selling... uh you know, what is it, those bento boxes or bed sheets? But uh, uh, most people actually watch this on YouTube or lotterscratter.com slash mug club. That's what keeps all of this going. Uh, but if you are listening on the audio version on the road, be sure to rate it on iTunes. That helps the show out quite a bit. You did see this correctly. This is going to be Nakia Jared's last show on air uh, in his current role as producer. You'll probably see him around here and there uh, a little bit. But um, uh, if you want to see the the montage, the send-off on the show, go watch it at YouTube or Mug Club. And, of course, there's actually a Mission Impossible-themed intro, which wouldn't make a whole lot of sense on the on this audio version. So, lotterwithcrowder.com slash Mug Club if you want to support the show. YouTube's getting worse, not better. And a lot of cool, big new things coming here starting next week. See you soon. Very glad. I don't know. Is this is this the uh, are these the maracas they do this way, or is it the little clams where they do the, the, the spoons? It is the spoon it thing, isn't it? Yes, it is through these pipes. Chiquita banana. <laughs> I've had enough. I've had enough of those pipes. Uh, well, that's right. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> thank you, Nakia Jared, for switching to. I forgot. People would think of hoppers hopper. there. Hopper actually needs another uh, eye surgery out there. What? So it's been a yeah. It's been a tough week. He oh, has to go. We've been having putting this cold con, this hot compress, and then cold compress in the eye, which seems a little counterintuitive. So we have a great show. We have Ben Shapiro. <laughs> on the show. Boom. We have nice. Jim Norton on the show. Ow! We have Ooh. in third chair today Brodigan and my half Asian lawyer Bill Richmond. How are you, gentlemen? Doing Wonderful. Good. Look at you. You look very good. A lot of people like the Hodge twins, and uh, apparently Brodigan's also afraid of dogs. Question of the day <laughs> What's your thought here on the sudden banning of InfoWars? Uh, I think almost every social media platform. I know yeah. sp- even Spotify is not really social right. media. We're going to be talking with Ben Shapiro about this. Uh, you think it was just a fight? I, I, listen, I understand InfoWars that people have certain opinions, but the slippery slope argument is a valid argument when yes. they just claim hate speech. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's really concerning. So comment uh, below. I want to hear from you. Producing with me uh, in studio. For the last time, we'll talk about this later on, is Not Gay Jared. You can follow him at Not Gay Jared. And uh, Not Gay Jared, yeah, you uh, you have a, yes. you can tease. You can tease. tease. Yeah, I uh, have some, some news I'll be sharing. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. There you go. There you what? go. It's not so much of a tease. That's almost like, oh my gosh. It's like, hint, Bruce Willis is a ghost. Uh, That's how he gets chicks. He just leans back. Uh, but uh, So we're going to have a very nice send-off uh, for Jared later and uh, kind of take you down a trip down uh, down memory lane. But, uh, yeah, Not Gay Dad is, is, is a big, big part That's of it. That's true. And uh, we're going to be passing the torch on to some other people going to be helping uh, helping fill your, uh, was it size four shoes? I don't know. I have no idea. Five. 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 Don't be insulting. Oh, we bind <laughs> We buy fit for he, you. He rounds up. <laughs> Gerald, what's the wine of the day? Wine of the day is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I love that sitcom <laughs> in the uh, 90s. It was good use of puppetry. There was a sitcom called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alf. Puppetry? Alf, he'd be like, well, I don't mind planet. Oh, we don't eat right. shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> Laugh track. Uh, so lead story before we get to that. And we're going to talk about Alexandria something something Cortez, uh, the, <laughs> the latest in the line of Bernie Sanders socialists. Uh, but first in the news, Nancy Pelosi has said that if you vote for Democrats, it will give, quote, leverage. She actually said this to illegal aliens in her words. We believe that we will have leverage when we win in November. 
And why that's important? Because it gives leverage to every family, to every mom who courageously brought her child across the desert to escape, to escape death, rape, gang violence, and the rest. You have a way with words, evil bitch. <laughs> by the way, her speech was met with resounding applause by the National Association of Latin Kings. So yeah, they were really oh, yeah. big. They were happy. It's one of those things where she He's said- He's like, she's speaking my language. She mean what he's saying? <laughs> it's exactly one of those situations where she, what she said is like, everyone else is saying the same thing, but with a totally different tone. It's like, yeah. it'll, it'll give leverage yeah. to illegal immigrants. That's bad, right? No, no, that's, that's very good. She says it that's in a good, good way. He's like, there's been no one in government before who's representing what I think. If you, you vote for a Republican, the terrorists will not feel emboldened. Yes, yeah. exactly. And next, next time she does this, she's going to show up with a full face tat just so she can identify. Do you remember her. that, Brodigan, in, in uh, Bill, when uh, Osama bin Laden uh, endorsed John Kerry? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you vote for was George a Bush, endorsement. I'll be yeah. really mad, you guys. Yeah. I, I'm just happy that they're not pretending anymore, because usually when you say, it's like, well, you just want the illegal voters, it's like, oh, you're being a xenophobe and a racist and yeah. five other isms and two ists. Like, look, yeah, Nancy the, the Pelosi, mask is off. The, right. the greatest Democrat leader who has ever lived for people who do what we do for a living, she even just says so. Yeah. I like there's a moderator like, oh, you just, you just want to get an illegal vote. And the moderator's like, Nancy, your response? <laughs> Jace? Jace? Okay. See? She's being me. Uh, here's another story, by the way. Speaking of things that aren't funny, uh, we have this uh, Quebec City man, I apologize, who electrocuted himself while shaving. Don't so apologize. Local police received a call after midnight Tuesday about an unconscious man in the apartment building when they arrived they noted that the man had suffered burns uh and he had actually electrocuted himself so feminists who actually wow. heard the story were quoted as saying see i told see <laughs> see <laughs> venus was full of crap um and unfortunately actually uh, we had to just sort of embalm this story in a way that was more palatable because he actually died before he was done shaving wow. we have exclusive video let us pray in silence one go three twenty times jay his face hurts. And where is his glasses? He can't see without his glasses. Put his glasses on. Put on his glasses. But <laughs> <laughs> well, for people for people listening on iTunes, this doesn't seem funny at all. Sorry, How can they I'm laugh not. at this? It's so you better though. Yeah. Audio. I was like, how are they going to do that? It's a way to, oh. it's a way to deal with trauma. Stop your car, pull over, and watch. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, it's who funny. edited that, it's just, I saw it when I saw it, I, I couldn't contain myself. <laughs> that one, it really came out of left field for anyone who saw My Girl. Don't you hear yeah. from that? See, I do. That for me, because I always, I always hated him as an actor. Did, really? Like, even yeah. that early? Come yeah, on. Like, like in The Good Son, where like it was him and like <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. That's later on. Yeah, but him and Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins like, hanging off of a cliff, and the mother dropped him. That's true. <laughs> Elijah Wood was in there. I, I actually stood up and cheered in the movie theater. <laughs> yeah, but come on. He was Which, cool in By the way, did anyone actually see Macaulay Culkin on Joe Rogan? I was terrible. No. It, was not nearly, oh. it was not nearly as sad as I thought it was going to be. No, but it was so painful. You know what was It's really uncomfortable whenever this happens, when there's a funny, there's a funny person, Joe Rogan, and then someone else is commenting and funny but making it less funny like yeah. to go to, yeah. i can't remember i watched you know it like just, me all the time it was so uncomfortable there was a segment <laughs> where joe rogan was talking about like uh, people wanting to retroactively change art which we'll actually talk about with jim norton he was talking about the mona lisa he's like yeah if they were like a modern italian like hey let's take the mona lisa let me give her some big tits and push them together and McCulloch <laughs> was like right and fix her eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, most, you're not adding anything, Macaulay. The most surprising part to me was that, that he said that, that was the first time he ever had a colonoscopy recently. Though I guess 
If, if you get a colonoscopy on Neverland Ranch, it's not <laughs> really a colonoscopy. Yeah. This is the first the doctor that's ever given him one. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it, it's a fine line between colonoscopy and videography. videography. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and voyeuristic. Uh, speaking of more entertainment news, the Oscars now, they introduced a new award for Outstanding Achievement in Popular Film. Yes, this is oh. for me, baby. This is all for yeah, me. You and trans it's actually in response to criticism that many of the films acknowledged by the Oscars uh, don't, they said, do not reflect the viewing public so now they're creating an awards category for and there's certain parameters that have to be uh considered popular films this year's recipient not dc <laughs> they're making a lot of they they're also trying? announced uh, the kevin spacey achievement award for excellence in sex with boys oh, yeah that's gosh, one they're really looking yeah, forward to I the niche there's so many candidates in that category well this year's recipient <laughs> is james gunn there's a spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> you yeah. know meryl streep is just sitting at home like so i i have to make movies people like <laughs> right now that's, have to be that's popular wait hold on a second hold on a second uh, half asian lawyer available sure. do i if i do i have to say allegedly when i just said james gunn or since it's a since it's a photo sh am i okay yeah you'd be all right all right <laughs> you'd be all right yeah <laughs> the, the, the thing was that was funny though it's just because nothing's ever woke enough the new york times had an editorial that this is bad news for um black panther because people were assuming it was going to win the normal oscar <laughs> <laughs> So hey, this hey, is going to become the almost Oscar, Oscar right? Cis, yeah, yeah this going is, to win the cis Oscar. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then we're going to get to uh, <laughs> something something Cortez, Alexandria. Okay. Uh, well, how is the middle name? I always I get know. it wrong. I always want to say Cassio, Octavius. But like usually, the, isn't that like assassins? Octopus? They reserve that for like people who try to assassinate. Them I have people? no idea. But before that, another news: a Facebook argument actually led to a man shooting another man in the ass. This comes from a local. <laughs> well, why not? So, according to police, Alex Stevens and Brian Sebring became involved in an argument that led Sebring to Stevens' home, and he brought his Glock semi-automatic pistol, shot him. Though, this is the problem with we talk oh, about yeah. the polarization on social media. Though, in the spirit of providing full context, it should be noted that uh, Stevens was vice chairman of the shoot me in the ass, literally, I dare you party. <laughs> <laughs> How does this pair with Obama's lean forward party there? <laughs> <laughs> it almost seems like you're asking for it when you it, it almost seems like that yeah. party serves no other political purpose. <laughs> just, oh. just, just block him. Block him? No, just just block just block him. Oh, oh not block Glock. Him? You know what? Sorry. Block, block no. Let's just be safe and poke him. Doesn't poke exist anymore. <laughs> poke him anyway. Yeah, Facebook's in. They're ready to poke him. It's time to go. Oh wait, we're still talking about Facebook. Yes, oh. poke him on Facebook. Uh, we have Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro and uh, Jim Norton on after this. So this is something we wanted to talk about in, in Broding and you were passionate about this. Bill, have you been following Alexandria Cortez a whole lot? Um, yes, I have been very, very, very diligently trying to figure out what her middle names are. <laughs> <laughs> For the last I haven't gotten quite anywhere else. That's that's about it. 365 an hour. Yes, I, yeah. uh, I was going to say, can we multiply the hours by his How much money have you spent on figuring this out? I, so in, 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 in non-surprising news, according to according to her, uh, America no longer has the upper middle class. She I think we have the overlay there, right, Brodigan, of what she said. She said there is no more middle class in the United States. She's given a couple of interviews lately, but this is actually something uh, more specific where she refers to she again she's trying to paint a mental picture yeah. she's taking the mantle from bernie sanders you know you know he's pissed about she's that. going further left than he, he is he's like, crazy yeah okay well let's see let's see the clip first where she talks about this this like upper middle class is probably more moderate mm -hmm. um but that upper middle class doesn't exist anymore in america you know their heyday was in the 90s when like you know, kids had like Furbies and like parents. So you had like soccer moms with like two vans and stuff. Like Furbies and two vans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a dream. That's not America anymore. <laughs>
No, it's not America anymore. You don't even recognize America if you have true, actual, crazy eyes. Yeah, look, this is, I think we have another one, too. I think we have another, do we have, we have, we have like, it's just Google any picture of her eyes. Multiple of them. And it shows you Google. Google. <laughs> That's awesome. You know who's most upset about this is, is Bernie Sanders, because yeah. she's more, she's still more attractive than Bernie Sanders. That's true. She's like, socialism is an aging son of a bitch! <laughs> I mean, can you imagine being him staking out that far left position saying there's no way anybody's going to top this? And boom. And he, ha crazy he has eyes to comes along. territory. I'm a cisgender prick! The mantle is yours! <laughs> <laughs> he started it. But it's, it's true, though. This is, how, uh, this is how the left sees the war Cortez. So when America right now actually looks like this... Alexandria something Cortez actually sees this. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but to be fair, have you been to a kid's soccer game? You want to say something there, half-Asian lawyer Bill? Yo. I thought you were about to say something. No, yeah. there's nothing to be said about it. An I amazing was, movie. It was brought again. I, I, I was so. two things. One, in her defense, that does actually look like Bill de Blasio's New York City, so that's what she's going <laughs> Or Chicago on a good weekend. Yeah, Chicago on a good weekend. Yeah. The straws are a fire hazard. <laughs> but yeah. the annoying thing is, especially now that like, Democrat socialists are basically the left's tea party, you're going to see a bunch of these um, candidates. Uh, if, you, if you've ever been to a bar in New York City and had a conversation with any, any of them, Alexandria, Nina Pinto, the Santa Maria Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 she's, lit she's literally every idiot. You'd be like, you know something? I'm not drunk enough for you tonight. Yeah, I'm going on. Yeah. And, 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 and she's, and she's going to be in Congress now. And then later you find out that she was busted yeah. from Burlington. Didn't the entire 20th century pretty much put to bed the fact that socialism sucks like, and kills millions and millions and millions of people? Not to bug eyes. By the way, here, let's get into her specific claim. Okay, she talks about the 90s in the middle class. And now she talks about two veins and Furbies and like stuff. Um, uh, okay, today, actually, Americans have it better than the 90s. Let's just yeah, use her comparison. So the average vehicle specifically, which you have per capita. And Furby sucked. <laughs> We've moved on. Steadily risen along with the median income. Yes, yes. when adjusted for inflation. So even in her examples, eh, they have more cars and they have more money. And by the way, when you look at things that she didn't bring up, which is what we talk about a lot as free enterprise advocates, and you can comment, I'd love to hear from you, uh, with advancements in technology, things like, okay, think of plasma screen cell phones, yeah. you know, smartphones. Again, 90s, you go back, it was still just a cell phone, a yeah. cellular phone. If you were lucky. Yeah. And smartphone services, online educational assistance. Um, re everything is more accessible than ever. You were talking, your first plasma screen was probably what? Yeah, I, my, my, yeah, my my first plasma was about twenty five hundred dollars, and it was like the you know the, because you're the horrible with money. I, I am horrible with money. No, but it's hundred pounds. But too. literally, it's it's it was like a boot, a bootleg plasma television, and I got one last week for five hundred. <laughs> yeah, I was ecstatic to have they a still have phone in high school. Yes, yeah. yes, with like. I, like ten cents or ten dollars a text or something like that. It was, it was ridiculous. You were very adept with it when you were <laughs> infiltrating Antifa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. nine. I had a burner phone. Well, what yeah. we're missing here is that what she actually wants to do is actually make food more expensive. Think right. about yeah. it. Exactly. Food more expensive when it all has to be local and organic and has to go through every thing and single thing possible that the business progress has made over the years, so that people yeah. can get fed. That's actually the opposite of what she wants. Especially to do. try sticking a paper straw on a coconut. No, you're right. Actually, <laughs> we have an overlay from uh, American Enterprise. Food is cheaper right now and more. More healthy than ever. More healthy options than ever. They used yeah. to, remember they used to talk about this, these, these food deserts. Like, yeah. Food deserts. Okay. Well, now there's Amazon Fresh. <laughs>
<laughs> Damn you, Amazon! Here's the thing. They'd be even cheaper if we didn't price fix. So good oh, examples, yeah. like Mich in Michigan, uh, because of Great Lakes, uh, record highs in a lot of them, and actually it's one no of the records. best crop years ever. The last few years, <laughs> yeah. you know this, Nakajin. Michigan's are a very persnickety crop, so they need, yeah. yep. it's not extreme cold or extreme hot. They need a very long, moderate, slow-thawing winter, and they've had the best, best in years. Best cherries around. So what happens? They make them dump cherries. Yep. Same thing in Canada from in Quebec. Remember, they used to make them dump milk because they wanted to, they, the prices yeah. would be too low. Like, well, cherries will be too cheap. So we have to we have to save the cherry farm. Let's fix the prices of the cherries. And the, the, the milk, they're not giving them to cheese factories. No. They're not giving them to the homeless. Jumping down the oh, drain. Just, just put, give it to a homeless shelter. <laughs> price fix. Homeless shelter fixing prices. <laughs> <laughs> It's horrendous. Oh my gosh. Anytime the government gets involved, they really do screw these things up. They, they actually hurt themselves. Whatever goal they have, they don't achieve it. And yeah. they make prices higher for everybody else. Well, I, wait, unless their goal is to make prices higher. With price fixing, it's <laughs> clear that they want to make it higher. And then they want yeah. to complain about higher prices. By the way, if we're talking about where the middle class is getting reamed on prices, at least as far as 2016 and 2017 is concerned, uh, America has actually spent more money on taxes than food and clothing wow. combined. Coming yeah. from your labor statistics, Miss Socialist. <laughs> a little bit more. So if, always we, if, more. if we want to talk about Americans having more money, uh, again, like you said, take a closer look at the, the government. Also, by the way, uh, Cor Cortez, something, something Cortez, sees Furbies like this. <laughs> I, I kind of agree with her there. <laughs> also, I mean, by the way, Furbies are still available. You know why people don't have Furbies anymore, something, something, Cortez? Because they have iPads with Angry Birds and neuropsychiatric applications. <laughs> <laughs> So nostalgic no. dummy. But I, I will I will say that in, in, in Alexandria Molary Curly's defense, uh, Cortez's defense, Furbies were kind of evil. Oh yeah, they were. Remember they when we first got the yeah. Furby? Everyone was lining up for them. Yeah. Like, look, it has this new sensor technology. You're going, hold on a second. It's just a button underneath <laughs> the felt. It's TD babies plus the devil. Yes. T Y babies. Remember the people who thought those were investments? Oh man. I know. Probably Cortez. That's why she became a socialist. She just has a closet full of TD babies right next to Bernie. Son of a bitch! <laughs> I paid Flamingo! Didn't pay off! <laughs> it was a first release! Capitalism doesn't work! These Beanie Babies, they should have been worth more! I'm still banking on my magic, the gathering card! Wait, wait, now that's I not need an investment? Tuition. That's not, yeah. You're not making me confident about having your unretainer, yeah, Bill. Yeah, it's worth five minutes of your time, Bill. <laughs> she goes on to make another claim that uh, unemployment is only low because Americans have to work two jobs. Let her say it. The numbers that you just talked about is part of the problem, right? Because we look at these figures and we say, oh, unemployment is low. Everything is fine, right? Well, unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs. <laughs> All right. Everyone. Even PolitiFact, bring this up, Brodigan, rated this as pants on fire. <laughs> So, I mean, that, that is friendly pants <laughs> on yes, fire, by yeah, the way. Exactly. They searched wow. the first page of Google and then wrote the, wrote the article. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. That's, The first link says no. That, that's what's remarkable about this, because I'm, I'm pretty sure um, PolitiFact is funded by Hillary Clinton donors. Pretty much. So for Alexandria, the Riz of the Jersey, and old dirty bastard Cortez to get a pants on fire. <laughs> How long have you been working on this? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> And by the way, I, I, I want to get this correct. I'm pretty sure PolitiFact is funded by uh, Podesta's uh, underground pizza sex ring. Right, yes. Bill? That's yeah, absolutely no, correct. Pizza sex ring, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not allegedly. Truth by matters. the way, we, just, we, have, we have the numbers. There's currently actually the number of, uh, I think, job holders is about 7 million compared to more than 148 million Americans who are employed in a single job. So yeah. this is important. It's not, it's not because of two jobs. And by the way, also, um, a lot of people are working second jobs right now because of 
Something else that the left opposes, ironically, socialists oppose the sharing economy. So people yeah. who work full-time jobs who don't have to work second jobs, they drive Uber or they use their home as an Airbnb. And some, so it's really hard to get those numbers. Even then, it's more damning than she would hope you to believe. Again, rated pants on fire. But here's another thing that she goes on to suggest because the other things aren't necessarily working. So she just keeps digging her hole deeper and deeper with her bug eyes. I don't think she knows <laughs> that hole. She's like, Where am I? Um, <laughs> new, I new ideas, right? Ooh. Like universal basic income. The mayor of Stockton, he's exploring doing a pilot program of universal basic mayor income. That's also what people <laughs> want right now. They City. want yes. new what, what ideas. What she actually means is Nick and Nate Diaz. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Nick and Nate Diaz. Oh, my gosh. Mayor of Stockton. She's like the mayor of Stockton, a city commissioner of Toledo, Ohio. Tule do. Having in Flint. By the way, this is not a new idea. Universal basic income has been tried in places like Canada and Finland, and surprise, they're not continuing it. Yeah, it's not going on. <laughs> it's also the single worst idea ever for Loaded and basic economics tell Hold you. Hold on a second. There's still the Holocaust. <laughs> Careful. That idea wasn't floated. That actually happened. That's true. That's <laughs> I mean, sure in a rant. It didn't like, happen. It wasn't exactly, let me run something by you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th I, I think it, it goes... <laughs> I think it goes to Holocaust, the Ghostbusters remake, and, and Universal Basic Income. <laughs> and Transformers 4. There we okay, go. That's all up there. Or, or any Transformers except for the 1986 cartoon uh, movie. The only, oh, where, where everyone died. Oh. Is that is that an actual way to be a downer while we were getting some momentum yeah, wow. there? Exactly. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. horrible place. Here, and here's the thing. It's, it, it, this is all based on the premise, and she repeats this a lot. Ad she repeats it as no, ad nauseum, just like Bernie Sanders did. It's predicated on the concept that um, inequality is a plaguing, gigantic, evil, social injustice. And it's not. We need stronger champions, but I don't think that they see exactly how rising income inequality has resulted in a very stark political reality. Uh, okay. Um, this is one thing we've talked, and a lot of people, we've talked about this quite a bit on the show, not get you, going back to when we were in the, basically in the AM radio days. Yep. Yeah. Um, but we didn't have the ability to do charts. No graphics. No, no graphics. graphics back then. <laughs> Everything made a lot more sense on audio. Yes, yes. It made a lot more sense on audio. So they, they, we've talked about this. When you, yeah. people say about inequalities, what's, what's wrong with inequality? Well, don't, don't you think inequality is wrong? No. And their brains explode. Let me explain to you. Yeah. Inequality in and of itself is not a problem if everyone is doing better. People can have greater economic equality and actually be far worse off. See Venezuela. Mm. So let me kind of give you an example. Let's say there's a $10 pie. Okay? There's a $10 pie. I own 50. You own 50. Right? We're equal. There you go. You have perfect equality. Now, is that better than let's say you go and grow that pie to $500 pie. So now I only have 20% of that pie. Right? I still have 20 times what I had before, it's even though better. the inequality gap has widened significantly. Where am I better yeah. off? And, and most importantly, you have pie. <laughs> <laughs> More importantly, you have pie. This is, the thing. This is why yeah. inequality is not, cannot be a measurement in and of itself. We no. say this, it's nuanced. It doesn't exist in a vacuum. Inequality doesn't exist in a vacuum. Anytime you have somebody who creates goods or services that benefit the rest of society, that gap is going to widen. Kind of like anytime Wayne Gretzky went to go play for a hockey team, mm -hmm. guess what? The gap between his scoring and the rest of the players, it was always wider than before Wayne Gretzky arrived on the team, but everybody else played better. Were they were so off for Wayne Gretzky being on the team? Of course not. 
Yeah. Or, or, or like when um, Michael Jordan played for the Bulls or LeBron. No, never mind LeBron. <laughs> you don't want to talk about that too soon. On Naka Jared's last yeah, day. It's still a short one. It's a little sting there. Dude. And this is why, because I know we had a lot of Bernie bros who sort of jumped to Donald Trump. And, and, and we have yeah. a lot of people who are formerly sort of socialists who got on board with the anti-SJW uh, bandwagon. I, I, I want to hear where you guys are right now with this Cortez business. If, if maybe your eyes have been opened. Not quite as widely as hers, but you understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Kubrick's eyes wide, very wide. Oh my God, they're so wide. Are you a pug? <laughs> it's just Tom Cruise going, we're going to need a stand in. Um, <laughs> um, oh, it's, awesome. it's, it's, it's a fundamental worldview issue where people like Cortez, she always says, oh, I have a degree, and I, I, under, I, I have a degree. So I, no, she doesn't understand economics, because no. not only can that pie grow, as we've talked about, but and as always conservatives, we've talked about this, due to human ingenuity in a free enterprise system, we can bake more pies. A limitless number of pies. Brodigan, you forgot your pie graphic there, sir. There's a limit. There you go. Look at, look, look, look oh, at. Oh, wow, look at all the pies. And that was such a good graphic, and Brodigan was, for those who are listening, he was about five seconds late I've in got the pies. Five. In my defense, I was trying to think a new witty uh, middle name for Alexander yeah. Cortez. <laughs> Doing we need more Brodigans is what we need. No, no, no. Alexandria anti-diabetes. I mean, she's just trying to eat not so much pie, right? You know, it's bad. Oh, I got it. Alexandria, bye-bye, Mr. American Pie okay, Cortez. There we that. go. That's the worst of all of them. That's the last time I hand out bourbon before the show as a celebration for Matt K. Jarrett's yeah. pregnancy. Spoiler alert! Uh, <laughs> by the way, as a matter of fact, to use your own words, it's not the 90s anymore. I can name you entire, entirely new pies that have been created since. This is a good example. People are like, oh, you, you say you can create new pies. I don't know why I'm saying That's a really silly argument, but that's the actual argument that she's making. She thinks it's yeah. a zero-sum game. Okay, how, what pies have been created, have been baked since the 90s that didn't exist? Smartphones, Amazon, yeah. social media, electric cars, fracking, nanotechnology, the sharing economy. None of these pies existed two decades ago. Or yeah. came from Venezuela. Or came from Venezuela. <laughs> or any socialist country for that or matter. Or Finland. <laughs> I'm pretty sure not much. No. Maybe something during those times. I have no idea. I cannot, I can't verify that completely, but I'm pretty sure Finland's crappy. <laughs> so why are we bitching? Oh, that's right, because Cortez sees the United States like this. I think she just needs she just needs to get it dialed in. That's, see that's, the, that's a bad day. So uh, we have uh, Ben Shapiro coming up next, Ooh. and then Jim Norton. We'll hear from you in the comments section. Ben Shapiro. Glad to have our first guest, uh, one of the favorites here on the show, one of the favorites. People really like him. I mostly like him. It depends on the day. Uh, he is going to be in Dallas, Texas on August 15th. Uh, ben Shapiro Live is the sh it's the name of the show, not particularly original with the naming, but uh, you can get the tickets at livenation.com. You can follow him at Ben Shapiro. Of course, his show is available at Daily Wire, iTunes, anywhere else podcasts are sold or have kick-ass bedsheet commercials. How are you, Ben? 
Doing well. I mean, you should just feel lucky that we didn't name the show Ben Shapiro Mug Club. I, I feel very fortunate. You would not be the first to have attempted that. Um, well, <laughs> so so now, are there still tickets left, by the way, in Dallas? Uh, yeah, there's still a couple tickets left. Uh, I think it's like a 3,500-seat house, and I think that there may be 150 seats left, something like that. Very nice. Humble brag. I appreciate it. Uh, That's right. You so, like that. Mm. Speaking of humble Solid brag, right there. you're still on the YouTube. I'm still on the YouTube. But all over the news, obviously, this week, listen, you have no love lost. I don't think it's any secret for for. Alex Jones, Infowars, you're not a big fan. But what's your opinion uh, this week on the unilateral action kind of taken against the channels across the board? I mean, I have to admit that every time I, I talk about Alex Jones, I just want to rip off my jacket and go crazy and some supplements! Yes. But aside from that, uh, I, I'm not a big fan. He, uh, he suggested that um, I'm an atheist and that he would send people to the homes of some of the funders of the Daily Wire and also that Satan should get behind him as he attacked me and uh, he was going to get in my business. So, yeah, Alex Jones and I are not the best of friends, but the fact that... I think these, that Ben is uh, taking hallucinogenic mushrooms again, people, like uh, like Moses with the burning bush, if you listen to the same people online. that's their, <laughs> Have you heard this conspiracy? People are like, you're crazy, spaghetti monster, God. And then they have this whole conspiracy about Moses was on hallucinogenic mushrooms with the burning bush. I'm like, oh, nice. That takes so much more effort to make up that one. Just... Just say it's non-existent. Let's just disagree. Well, my, my favorite is when they my favorite is when they suggest that I'm part of a dessert cult because they can't spell the word desert, <laughs> so they instead say that I'm part of a dessert cult, which actually, frankly, sounds like an amazing cult. Like if I were going to lead a cult, that would definitely like the cheesecake cult. Come on, have a knish. Like, it, come in. Is, wait, is, is knish a dessert? I'm not Jewy enough. I thought it was a. It is a not actually. Thing. It is not actually. Okay. So I should have picked. I should have picked like a, a kugel. <laughs> like a kugel would be. Better. I'm calling you on your but Jewish references. Look I at know, this. My God. Um, okay. The Canadian Christian is 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 nailing the Jew to the wall on his Yiddish references. It's I don't really, feel comfortable. I don't like talking about nailing any Jew to a wall. This has taken a horrible <laughs> turn. Um, I learned that because I was watching a special. I remember with my friend in New York City, and it was this whole special on Ganishes in Manhattan, and we just said, I, you know what? We've never had a Ganish, and we went and we had it, and I gotta tell you, it's all right. So back to uh, the Alex Jones. Uh, <laughs> it's nothing special. Um, what, what is your opinion on the, on the d d disagreeing with him personally? I know you've had your personal yeah, runs. Look, yeah, so, so Alex Jones is a complete douchebag, but uh, the fact that all of these... All we of understand these that you don't like him, Shapiro. Let, let me be clear. I think that he's a steaming pile of, of human dung. But okay, the fact right. that Alex Jones is, is being banned by all of these various tech companies for bad reasons is really a problem. So if they had said, listen, we're not going to allow people on our platform who libel or who slander or who or who engage in widespread conspiracy theories, if they, were, if they were to do that, that at least is some sort of objective standard that I guess that you could maybe hold to. But what you can't do is just say hate speech and then ban things. I mean, if, if, yeah. I mean you can because you're a private company, but it, it sets a really bad standard because, I mean, Stephen, you know, I know, we all know, anybody on the conservative right knows that Half the stuff that we say that is just basic fact is now construed as hate speech by folks on the left. If I right. say a man is a man and a woman is a woman, I have to have 600 police officers to protect me in Berkeley, right. and people are calling it hate speech. So I'm not comfortable with all of these tech companies cre using the, the category of hate speech to ban Alex Jones, even though, if I've not made clear, I think that Alex Jones is a dumpster I think fire. I, yes, I, dumpster fire! I think I know where you're coming with uh, coming from with that. And, you know, it's it, listen, I disagree with Alex. I think he implied that I work for you. 
at one point. People were telling me really? that something happened because he hadn't been on the show in a while, and I hadn't been on his. I can't afford your salary, man. <laughs> I know you can't. I know you, you know you you Jews are tight fisted to with a dollar. Um, no, it really is uh, one of those deals where I, I it didn't make any sense to me because I know his his son has been a supporter, and so I've always tried to be amicable with as many people as possible. And I'll go on shows whose views uh, differ greatly from mine. I know you will too. But this does really concern me. I thought this. So you're a lawyer. I'm a lawyer, and I I did think there's the Sandy Hook angle. If they would have if they'd have spoken about right. this, because you know there's a lawsuit right. coming, and you know Sandy Hook they are going to win. And apparently Alex said that he might counter to the Sandy Hook people. And I was thinking maybe if YouTube were to say we do not want the legal liability of allowing this to play out on our platform, but again it's not. They spoke or about hate speech. Or even even if they just suggested which was the the specific line that he crossed, if they just said you're not allowed to call Sandy Hook victims child actors, right? right. Then it's like okay. All right, like, okay. It's a very, I, I it's a very it. specific like, policy. It seems kind of niche, but I think we know where you're going with this. What just it, 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 exactly? Like, it, then, then you can't do the first. They came for Alex Jones because he called the children of Sandy Hook child actors, and then they came for, because nobody else called them child actors. So there's, like, <laughs> there's no next step to the slippery slope. Right. But when you say first they came for Alex Jones because of hate speech. Yeah. And then you're like, well, yeah, but they can expand that definition to encompass pretty much anything. So yeah, it, it's. It's and they're not consistent in applying it. The coordinated hit of it was also a serious problem. Like, it wasn't just one outlet decided, okay, we're going to do this. And then three months later, another outlet decided to do it. It was all of a sudden, all of them decided at once, which looks a hell of a lot like collusion. It looks like all these people are calling each other up. Well, now, let me ask you this. As a lawyer, what, what amount of evidence is needed if you're going to bring up collusion as an argument? I mean, at that point, what are the, what are the statistical odds of Spotify? Was it Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Facebook? Or maybe it wasn't iTunes. I, and then they did. I think they did. Uh, I think it was it. right. Yeah, it was it was it was Apple. Uh, I'm not sure iTunes. Uh, it was it was Facebook. It was YouTube. Uh, Spotify and, uh, and Spotify. All of them did it. You know, within a day of each other. I think that there may be a monopoly argument there. Yeah. I mean, there, there may be a restraint of trade argument there. But this, I mean, honestly, I'm not going to speak outside my, my domain of, of constitutional law. Which no, but but that would lend itself mostly. to the argument of you know of it being effectively these major platforms. Some conservatives have argued, and for a long time I've said, nah, I don't agree about them being public utilities if it acts as a monopoly. And like I said, in this case, this is pretty clear that it acted certainly as a, as a monolith. They all acted in unison, which yeah. is very yeah. bizarre. Yeah, and, and what's weird is you have all these people who are out there saying, so this is the part that drives me crazy. People say, so why are you defending Alex Jones? It's not like, again, I'm not defending Alex Jones. I'm defending the principle that you can't just call things hate speech and then ban them because they're quote-unquote hate speech. That's not an actual category of speech. Right. It's not a thing. Yeah, and, and, and it's, a, it's a thing that can be used against anybody that you don't like. It's, it's, it's highly irritating to me when the left just creates these linguistic categories and then piles everybody into them. And I have to say, they are shrinking the Overton window. Now, Alex Jones may be outside the Overton window. I think he probably is. Um, in fact, I, I definitely think he is. But it, but that doesn't mean that the left thinks that he's the only person outside the Overton window, right? There was that right. whole Vox.com video they cut where it was like everyone's inside outside the Overton window now, right? It's not just it's not yeah. just Alex Jones. You're outside the Overton window, presumably. I'm outside the Overton window. Yeah. Like every, every single person is outside the Overton window, and the, you're you're left with a monolith of leftist opinion that is inside the Overton window, plus David uh, plus David from. Anna Navarro and Max Boot, right, for now. Right. As long as David Frum and, and Max Boot end up being as anti-Trump as they are right now, then right. we will sort of give them the, this strange new respect where they get to talk. But if you are remotely conservative, even if you don't like Trump, then you are considered outside the realm of acceptable discourse. And, and of course, you know, I experienced that when I single-handedly destroyed the MCU just by sitting here a couple of weeks ago after that whole Mark Duplass thing, where it was like, Mark Duplass, that indie director, 
tweets out something remotely nice about me. Ben, you don't like need to I'm describe Mark Duplass to me. I know who he is. He, he was on this. He was on this show, but that's right. He was on the show before. Here's here's the truth though about that. I actually wanted to talk with you about that. He was on the show before anyone else, uh, before any other shows. This was the first conservative show he did, right? So he came on the show, and it was. It was very, I was, you know, it was the way I am with all voices of opposition, matched intensity, was very civil, but you could see him getting kind of, kind of upset if ever I said, well, okay, I understand where you're coming from, but I do disagree. And at that point, he was used to conservative, to civil discourse, meaning let's just find common ground. But I, I said, mm -hmm. no, let's, let's, let's get to the truth. And then after that, we had him on a second time and I tried to keep this private because I was hoping he would come back around. But after your debacle, it's kind of given me, it's liberated me to speak about it. He sent me an email saying, I don't think that you're actually seeking common ground and I don't want to do your show anymore. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. But then he did the same thing with you. And now he's done it effectively with all conservatives, not named French. Is it David French? Yeah. Mr. French is the, is the butler. I always get the two confused. Principles the same. Well, you know, the, but, but here's the thing with David, right? Like I'm, I'm good friends with David French and these people won't accept David French either. Like I, right. I happen to know that these people will not accept David French. Like I talk to David a lot. And the reality is that anyone who is remote, like, like David holds views that are the same as yours on mine as far as transgenderism that you can't magically change your gender. Uh, well, let me right? let me clarify. I mean, they will they will accept anyone who is very anti-Trump because they see them as a useful tool, like you were talking about. Right, but, but even even there, they'll do that so long as they don't sniff that you're a conservative. Right, right. So so that that's if if every column you write like Max Boot lately is Donald Trump is Stalin, and no matter what Donald Trump does, it's always wrong. Then they'll accept you as long as you're doing that. But the minute you write a column that's even like half thought out about yep. something remotely conservative, like Brett Stevens, right, is as anti-Trump as Max Boot, but when Brett Stevens writes something about climate change, then it's, why is this guy even at the New York Times? How is this even a thing? Right. Like, Barry Weiss, who is also very, very anti-Trump, like, she's been, uh, been, like, there's no way she gets hired now, right? Yep. Like, a, a year ago she got hired, and that was basically the last person through the door, because there's no way they're going to hire anybody even as quasi-right-wing as Barry Weiss, who is not a hardcore right-winger. Especially this not if they're named after totally a seasonal Lenin Kugel's beer, though it is delicious. Uh, I do understand where you're coming from on, on all of this, but yeah, I was really sorry to see Mark Duplass do that with you. I thought you were kind of the last go-around. After he had turned down yeah, our show, I was going, all right, well, maybe because, you know, we have, we've had Trenny Bain, and obviously with comedy, it's a little more edgy. I thought, well, maybe Ben Shapiro will have a crack at it. And I mean, Sorry, no the, dice. The fact that I've become the, the, the fact that, you know, for a while there, I was sort of the outer limit, and now I'm outside the outer limit, right? yeah. and they just keep moving the limits in. And so th this is why I say, like, if you can't have a conversation with you or with me or even with, like, David French, like, who is left? They can't have a con Like, Stephen Colbert labeled Jonah Goldberg a Trumper on national television. Yeah. Like, how insane do you have to be to have a, to have crammed the the size of acceptable opinion into a thimble. And that's right. really what they've done. I mean, every acceptable opinion can fit in the palm of their hand. And that's what's so and, scary about the YouTube and Infowars is yep. because they say, well, they're outside of this thimble, but everybody is absolutely outside of this, this thimble. That being said, I, I do think there's a silver lining. Do you think this will be self-correcting a little bit with the market, with YouTube and Facebook? I think they're acting in unison, but they can't do it for very long without pissing off half their user base. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that what you're going to start seeing is more and more people, you know, at least building up as a side business, a subscriber model like you have or like we have. Yeah. You know, people saying, like, listen, we're not going to we're not going to be subject to YouTube demonetizing us and YouTube destroying our, our viewer base. You want to come watch our stuff, come watch our stuff. Right. And, and I think that you're going to see the media fragment YouTube and Facebook and a lot of these other social media sites. One of the fascinating things is that they arose in opposition to a controlled media infrastructure where you only had three channels and that controlled what you could watch. Right. And then they came along and they said, well, you can post anything here, right? And, and then it was like, wow, this is great. I can get whatever video I want on demand at any time. This is just awesome. And now they're restricting this, right? Now they're treating themselves like the old networks used to. We're going to decide what can go on and what can go off, and we're going to decide it based on ideological bias. 
And what that's going to lead to is new fora that replace these. So you know, I saw somebody say, well, nothing can go up against Facebook. Nothing can go up against YouTube. I'm old enough to remember when MySpace was a thing. I'm old I, enough to remember when Friendster was a thing. And then and Zanga was a thing before that. And that was nothing but Asians and horny emo kids. So I remember all of these things. No, you're absolutely right. Yes, I do mean that. I do mean that. It was Asians at Zanga, and then the horny emo kids took it over. And then it became basically like like the, the it became a, a whorehouse uh, like MySpace. It's tumbleweeds and prostitutes. That's what MySpace became. And that paved the way for Facebook. Um, let me, final, final question on this. You have your areas of expertise. I do, I do yeah, have my areas right. of expertise. Um, <laughs> Um, so this is uh, this is I do think this is important uh, for people to understand. Like you said, it's important to see someone like you who disagrees a lot with Alex Jones because people go, "Why? Well, well, you can feud ideologically and still understand that there's a there, there's a real problem at play here." I do hope it will be self-correcting. That was what I was going to ask you. Did you guys get the email from YouTube on their new copyright policies now? I know I haven't seen that one. Oh yet, but gosh, I with our social media team. Well, because because it used to be YouTube was one of the few places that respected fair use a little bit more, and now it seems as though they're opening the window to anything critical. For example, a rebuttal to Vox or a rebuttal to Chris Cuomo might not be fair use. They might actually allow uh, copyright claim IDs against those. The, the wording is always, as you know, very vague, very broad. But it seems like that's where they're moving, and I think if they do yeah, that, I mean, it, they're done. That's that's that that I, that's it's a serious. I mean, that's a real problem, especially because fair use is a, obviously a defense. It's not actually a claim, right? So right. so when you put something up, their first their first goal is going to be to take everything down, and then it takes you a, a week to put it back up, saying right. no, this is fair use, and they have to reanalyze it. So if they start cracking down on that stuff more harshly, it's going to be a serious problem. Yeah, it's going to be a serious problem. Uh, but I think it's the kind of problem that will cause mass exodus. I do want people to understand this, and I know you can confirm this as a lawyer. There is the law, for example, single party consent states. YouTube does not abide by the law. So even though it's fair use legally, you can do it. YouTube, they say, well, hold on a second, we're not going to abide by the single party consent law. You have to have a written release form at a public protest, even though the this person is committing a crime in a public space, and you don't need to. The law says no, YouTube says yes, and that's the problem with the fair use, the copyright, the content claim IDs. It's a moving target, and I know Ben's been at the front of it fighting it. So have we, even though we're different uh, in a lot of ways. And I know InfoWars in a lot of ways have been doing it too, and so I, I hate to see any voice eliminated. Ben, where's this show that people can find you? Uh, so we are doing it uh, at, what's the name of that theater? You know, I don't even know. I don't even know. It's in uh, Dallas. It's in go Dallas. Online. Just go. Just go to. Just go to Ticketmaster. I, I believe Dallas is a city, so go check it out. Ticketmaster.com yes. uh, or LiveNation.com. That's where you can get the tickets. Is there a big Jewish community in Dallas? Yeah, there is actually. I think I believe Dallas is the fourth largest Jewish community in the United States. I think it goes New York, LA, Chicago, Dallas. I think. Really? Wow, that surprises me a whole lot. They must be hiding because I have not met many when I've uh, spent time in Dallas. But uh, I'm glad. You know, I don't think they do so. They they, they would acclimate to the temperature well, very well. I mean, you know, the, the reason that, the reason you haven't found them is they see this giant Canadian who's, who's <laughs> you know, trying to figure out whether they're properly using the word Kanish. And they're like, why would I? I, I yeah. can't be around this person. Yeah, well, they not many. Nail me to the wall. Look at this. <laughs> not that many Jews. In Canada and French Canadians are a little bit anti-Semitic in nature. Uh, all right, that is at Ben Shapiro, Daily Wire's the show, August 15th in Dallas. Thank you, Ben Shapiro. We have Jim Norton next. We must go. And now for Barely Legal with Bill Richmond, sponsored by Mug Club. Hi, Bill Richmond, Louder with Crowder's half-Asian lawyer, here to explain sometimes confusing legal terms and concepts. Today we're talking about different types of courts that exist to solve legal issues. First up, family court. Divorce, child custody, you probably know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, think O.J. Simpson and Nicole Brown's first fight, but with less blood and no gloves. 
Next is probate court, where you resolve post-death issues like wills and estates and inheritances. It's the place Anna Nicole Smith hung out on weekends hoping for a pot of gold. General jurisdictional court is a potpourri of judicial forums. You get a little civil, a little criminal, a little family, a little probate. A lot of small-time, small-county courts are like that. Then you go to the next level, the Court of Appeals, where someone smarter is going to be checking your work. And finally, the Supreme Court at the top dog in most states and the United States. In some states, though, like New York, they just want to be different and honorary. They call their basic court the Supreme Court, and then their top court the Court of Appeals. Assholes. I hope this clarifies the issue for you, though considering this is the internet, you probably forgot half of what I said, and will send me a letter anyways asking the same question in a week. I will not respond. I'm half-Asian lawyer Bill Richmond for Louder with Crowder. Cheers. This has been Barely Legal with Bill Richmond, sponsored by Mug Club. Apparently this means star. I have no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I have no idea why. Our next guest, I'm um, big fan. So we just had Ben Shapiro, who is one of the one of the fan favorites, and uh, looks like we're gonna have Owen Benjamin next week in third chair. Excited about that. This is one of my personal favorites. We had Nick DiPaolo, I think, last week or two weeks ago. I think he's one of. If you're going to take pure comedy, one of the best comedians out there working today. Uh, you can follow him on uh, on the Twitter at Jim Norton as long as they still allow him, and he'll be at Hilarities in Cleveland August 17th, 8th, and 18th. I think is it. Hey, uh, JimNorton.com. Jim, is that? Do I have that? right is it 17th and 18th it is yeah it's my first time in that club it's supposed to be a great club everybody loves the owner so yeah. whenever comedians love the club owner it's a good place because usually comedians look at uh, club owners the way you look at a, a guard at Dachau. so i'm kind of happy to be finally going there you look jacked by the way you look big no you know what it is i've just lost weight because i'm sick and so that's the that's the camera fake you know i'm just more gaunt so i look lean but really i'm weaker and less capable <laughs> All right, this happens, and I'm pretty sure if I took off my shirt right now, I'd have big tits. But, you know, Ben Shapiro is going to be in Dallas August 15th, so a lot of live shows going on right now, which is yeah. good. Often August is kind of a dead month for entertainment. Yeah, it's a hard month to sell tickets um, because people are down the shore, unless you're a big-name comic. Well, Ben just talks, right? Like he would, Does he go up and give, like, will you debate or talk? Or well, now he's doing the Ben Shapiro show live since, you know, we did it here. But uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. But, no, he is, he's very skilled in that hill. Anyone can do Q&A. But, uh, but you're a big name in comedy. I mean, I, you'd, you're right up there. Well, yeah, I mean, when you look at big names, I do well. But, I mean, you know, Kevin Hart does two arenas a night. Like, that's not even comedy. That's just, like, he, the guy's like a movie star who's right. a comedian, you know. Yeah. Um, but he, he, because he's a comedian, he kills in arenas. So, uh, for me, I'm happy if I can sell 800 or 1,000 tickets, I'm good. Yeah, there you go. Well, Kevin Hart, yeah, I did see that one time. I think when he was in Texas, he did two, two arenas right. in one night along with two white chicks. So, it was a, it was a busy night for him. Uh, and, I mean, I have no idea. I can't actually confirm that. Let me, let, let me ask you this. Um, I've been a, you know what? No, wait, hold on a second. I've been to Hilarities. You know how I remember? Because I did, um, do they still have the Funny Bone in Pittsburgh? I don't know. Okay. To be honest, I remember that gig. I stopped working there, but I do. I don't think they have anyone. Okay. Well, because remember there used to be karaoke on the other side there at the fun. It was like this big theater, the Funny Bone in Pittsburgh. It was really big, yeah. and, and and it was kind of tough because it was such a big feeling room. And then they had another room with karaoke. Anyway, because I I did something in Watertown, New York, back with Louis Ramey, and then I was at the Pittsburgh Funny Bone, and I had no money, so I had to stay in a motel because I was middling. Uh, then for Greg Morton at Hilarities in Cleveland, and I remember everyone saying it's an amazing. Amazing club because they put us in a hotel at that at that point that that did not suck and to me it was incredible it was a lot of fun you know that is one of the great things about traveling as a stand-up you realize how many lousy accommodations are I've stayed in so many shit places 
And uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, who, who did you just mention? Oh, Louis Ramey. Yes. Louis is really great, man. He's one of my uh, the first comics I ever went to see. Like I watched him, and you know, as you do stand up for a while, you realize how comics work. But I remember watching Louis Ramey like in 1990, and going like, "How does he do that? Like to create yeah. such a beautiful narrative and so smooth and comfortable." I'm like, "I'll never be able to do what this guy does." So yeah, Louis is really funny. Really, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I, now, were you a guy? So you weren't a guy who was always very confident, which is interesting. We just interviewed Daniel Cormier, and I find this. I love to say, yeah. He said that he was making excuses before his fight to Miocic, you know, to, to lose, even though right. he won. And obviously, you're one of the, the more successful comedians out there. Ha, did it start with confidence, or, or are you always nervous? Did you did you have a moment where you realized though that you could do this at a high level? Like, was there a crossover moment? You know, I have those moments, but they go away quickly. Yeah. Uh, I really do walk around feeling like just garbage personified. I'm never, I'm completely uncomfortable in my own skin. It's funny, some young comedians in New York, like Mark Norman, Sam Murrell, uh, really funny dudes. They're like, yeah, we didn't think you liked us for a while. Because I'm so, but I love those guys. I think they're yeah. really good. But I'm just so socially uncomfortable. I don't think anybody likes me. Uh, I just, I say hello and I kind of go in and I leave. But it's not to, to be a dick. It's because I'm like, ah, these guys, they, they probably think I suck. So I, you know, I'm, I have zero profit. You think they think you suck? No, I will say this. When I used to do Red Eye and you were there, you were one of the very, very friendly comedians when I walked in. I was very nervous. And uh, I remember you said, oh, hey, Steven. Yeah, good to meet you. You knew my name. And as a kid who grew up watching, at this point I was 21, I was very nervous. So that's very kind of you. I always say this uh, about you. Know, I said on Joe Rogan's show, you're, you're, you're filthy uh, on stage, but you've got a sweet heart. Well, thank you. Because hey. comedians were good to me. You know, there's a comedian named Lynn Vecchio. I never saw her again. I met her once in 1990 before I ever did stand-up. She talked to me for a half hour. She was a middle act, just about comedy and what it was like. And I will never forget her kindness to me. So I always try to be nice to comics because she gave me a lot of love and I had never even performed. And I never saw her again. So whoever that woman is, I owe her a lot. And, uh, you know, she just showed me a lot of kindness back when I, she had no reason to. This is far too touching for this uh, program right now. It really uh, is full after school special. You know, I'm a dirty comic and I'm on, you know, whatever happened to Lynn Vecchio, I'd like to give her an apple. How great would it be right now if someone just shot me and I slumped over and that was the end of the game? <laughs> like, shut up. That's, that's, how, that's how you signed off. I'd, I'd be happy. Yeah, right before, it's, it's odd. Right before on air, we were talking about how douche just means shower in French. You're talking about your fixtures with douche on yes. them. The off-air conversation was incredibly childish and what you would expect yeah. of comedians. And then on-air, it gets very touching. Okay, speaking of which, uh, comedy death, Hannah Gatsby. We were talking about this on-air. I, I, I never want to put other comedians in an awkward sure. situation. But um, I remember tossing this to the audience. So I want to get your thoughts on the, on the state of comedy today and kind of political correctness. This, this special was praised, was lauded for being the first comedy special that wasn't comedy. Um, but it, it wasn't subversive. It was, she actually just says, this is, you know, comedy, self-deprecation is just humiliation. And it's, it, it goes into after-school special. W what's your take on this concern? The media has just, I know it's been the big thing at the festival. It's been praised everywhere, front page write-ups. What's your read? Well, the media stinks. Um, <laughs> but I, I, and, you know, I, I watched Hannah's special, but I went into it kind of expecting to hate it completely. I'm like, all right, now that... And I watched it, and I'm like, okay, I'm watching for, like, the first 40 minutes. I'm like, she's a legit stand-up. Like, she's not all curmudgeon. Like, she does this thing after a punch. Like, she smiled a lot. Like, Paul Mooney does that. Paul Mooney will say some really harsh stuff, and then he smiles, and it just lets the air. It's a technique. It's like a performance technique. Right. Um, I like the fact that she talked about really hard subjects. Like, you know, anytime somebody's talking about being raped 
or, uh, you know, uh, being gay and called a man, all this stuff that messed her up. And then she does this whole thing on art. Like, I've never heard anybody talk about contemporary art or the, the way artists were perceived as sex or whatever. So at least it was very, very original. Um, so I liked it, but at the end when it kind of became a TED Talk, I didn't think she needed <laughs> That's to do that. That's a good way to put it, yeah, that it became she a TED Talk. She didn't need to do that. Like, she could do that, but when she says something like, well, self-deprecation is humiliation. It can be, but it doesn't have to be because nobody told more socially poignant or made more socially poignant statements than Richard Pryor. Right. Richard Pryor talked about his mother being a prostitute. He talked about having homosexual encounters. Uh, he talked about a lot of stuff. And uh, he did it in 1971 and 1975 before it was polite and okay to do. Yeah. And he was always funny. He talked about racism in America. Um, and he always kept it funny. And that to me is kind of what gives comedians the ability or the right to to talk about this stuff because people want to hear it and be able to laugh it's about also it. It's really hard. And that's why I wanted to get your take because we've talked about it with Nick, Nick DiPaolo who was on recently and I think he's going to be in uh, third chair here in the, in the coming weeks in studio with us because you deal with a lot of these issues that are pretty rough too. And you've caught some flack sometimes for it. Um, but it's a lot harder to come out and take that pain because that's what comedy is and turn it into something funny than it is to sermonize. And so... That's what that, that's where for me the problem was when the media tried to to really prop this up and prop up the sermonization, which was the least interesting part of the special. Because here's the thing: a lot of people talk about modern art and postmodernism. It's like Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro on this show, just not in comedy because a lot of these right. people aren't able to turn it into something funny. That was my issue with it, and that was the second half. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Like, I, I mean, because I was enjoying, I love watching somebody talk about that really hard subject matter. Um, but her, I don't believe that you can't make it funny, and I don't believe joking about it, if you joke about it the right way, uh, or a way that you feel good about, is ever selling yourself out. If you're right. doing self-deprecation, well, then find another way to tell your story. Um, but I didn't, I didn't hate it at all. I thought I maybe because I went in with negative expectations. Yeah. But I was people like it's not stand up. I had a comedian tell me that, and I'm watching for like 40 minutes. I'm like, she's a legit comic. I mean, whether people like it or not, she's doing punchlines, she's doing stuff, she's telling a story about her. Her life, and then she went at the end and told the real stuff. Even if if she took I don't, that, I, don't, I hate to disagree with you, but I think it was like it was like a twenty-minute set with an hour or something special, because there was the punchline of the first portion, but then it really stood out because there was a long gap with no comedy there. For a, I, th I thought that was like the last fifteen minutes. Um, okay. I forget what she took that that got to that. I don't remember what she did before, but I know because I was talking to Sam, my co-host. And I said to him, it was at about 40 minutes. I'm like, it feels very like just a legit stand-up. He goes, yeah, watch the end. It does get a little preachy. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, but I don't think she needed to do that. Like, I think that if she's, like, telling her truth, um, again, Richard Pryor did it. Um, you know, you look at his 1976 album, and I don't know if you'll beep this or not, but the album is called Bicentennial Nigger, and that's also the name of the track. And it's a tremendously sarcastic track at the end of that record about the sarcasm of America and how yep. black people have been treated. And it's really moving and it's getting laughs. There's music overlaid, yep. but when you listen to it, it's getting laughs the whole time. Right. And he's telling the truth about slavery and how black humor started and it's an agonizing, awful truth. Yeah. And he gets laughed through the whole thing and in the last sentence, he says something real. The last moment right. and that's it. And it hits you like a shovel. So to me, like, that's how a guy who tells a, a very sad truth does it as a brilliant comic. I'm not going to believe that just because I've said it okay. enough times on this show when quoting other people that I don't want to be Papa John's. So you're right. my, you're, you're my collateral. So I'll be like, look, Jim Norton said it on my show too. Um, well, 
put that record with, with Richard Pryor or the name of his albums, uh, I understand the backlash against certain words, especially that word, but I'm not qualified to edit or change what that genius called his record. I'm sorry, I'm just not. No. That's what he chose to call it, and that's the name of the record. So, uh, But the final bit, which is the, the title track. Hold on, hold on a second. I, that's really insightful, what you just said. I think a lot of people don't realize what they're watching sometimes when, obviously when we have an interview with you, but the more I listen to you, that's a very insightful way of putting it. If people are, are, are listening, if they have ears to hear, you don't have the right to edit Pryor's material. He wanted no. it that way, and uh, some rich white guy in, uh, in Greenwich Village shouldn't be the one to change that. But, yeah, you know, I think it's probably with, with uh, Hannah Gatsby, if you go with those expectations it's kind of like going well, i'm trying to think of like uh keeping up with the joneses it was a comedy that i watched and i saw it on an airplane and i had no expectations and i was like ah, that was all right but then someone who right. paid for the ticket was pretty pissed that being said there's still some that i just hate even when i see it on an airplane like the washer sure. i turned away from the screen um it was that uh, it was that bad i think i'm in, in the in the lonesome with the watchman you ever see the Watchmen? i've only heard this is the first negative thing i've heard but i haven't watched it myself so i don't know it's just so bleak for the sake of being bleak um okay this is one Thing, though you know you talk about a lot of uh, painful issues obviously and, and, and you certainly get into some controversial issues doesn't it this is kind of my, my issue with not just that special but this idea now of people policing what we can and can't say that is and Richard Pryor was a great example one of the primary purposes of comedy is being able to I think Phyllis Diller made the quote and we've talked about this before it's a rubber-tipped sword a way to make a point without drawing blood so to condemn the idea I think it was Phyllis Diller. do you know who said that no, I know. I've never heard that, but that's actually good. Okay, it's, it's definitely not mine. But I, I, I can never remember who said it. You tweet me at us, right. or people who are listening, because I don't want to be accused of plagiarizing something when I clearly tried to attribute the quote. You did, you did, you did present it as a quote of somebody else. Yes, I tried to uh, as best I could. But that is a primary purpose of comedy. So for the media to jump on board um, and anyone in comedy to suggest otherwise, to me, is that very kind of slippery slope of. Someone declaring self-deprecation self is humiliation. That's to declare a lot of comedy, not just your own. I don't care what Gatsby thinks of her own stuff, but that's to declare, I mean, Brian Regan, his whole act is basically self-deprecation, right? Yeah. But it's not humiliation. Right, yeah, and he's great, and he's brilliant at it. That's when I get, ooh, my antenna go up, when you try to declare someone else's comedy not valid or not acceptable. And, and, and I that's think... I'm oh, sorry, Stephen. Yeah, and I, I agree with you because I think that she goes wrong when she says self-deprecation is humiliating because it's not. There's something very honest. If you're up there and you're fat and you're just going, look at me, I'm a big fat pig, like then maybe you're deprecating yourself or humiliating yourself. But if you're telling the truth about the way you see things, like I've told the truth about like hating myself or whatever. Hey, look, a lot of people do. Yeah. I'm not unique in that. I'm just voicing what this little stupid thing tells me in my head all day, and I'm trying to make it funny. But I'm not selling myself out, and I'm not being dishonest. I'm just telling the truth about what I know is a flawed perception. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it comes down to listen to the same through line that whether we're talking politics, talking media, or talking comedy. It's just, it's interesting. People often use the word my truth, but in this case, it's someone trying to dictate it to someone else. Like, listen, comedy yes. is comedy. You don't have to like it. It is entirely subjective. I understand that. There's a 100%. certain quality uh, yeah. measurement. And uh, I, I would put you right up there. And Nick DiPaolo, of course, as well. He was on the show recently. Nick's Go the funniest guy. He is so funny. And I don't think that he gets the credit he deserves just because he's, he's sort of a, he's technology averse. Yeah. And he's also more conservative. And it, it, look, and the reality is in entertainment, like, look what they just did to Alex Jones. Look, love or hate Alex Jones. I get why people don't, I don't like a lot of the stuff he says. I don't like a lot of his dumb conspiracies, but he should be able to say whatever he wants. That frightens me when people's right to say stuff that I don't like or you don't like is taken away. It's crazy. That being said, we could put you in a carriage and you'd probably make a good baby crisis actor if we ever needed you to. 
You know, I would be happy to do that, too, because I can't get a gig doing anything else. So, look, if you need me to run in, oh, my God, there was bloodshed everywhere. I don't know what happened. That's how I would do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. My, my I, I, I love, how, I love how your voice acting always has a little bit of Cagney in it for some reason. Does it? <laughs> I don't know what happened. Oh, yeah, I don't know what happened, Shane. It was a problem, Shane. <laughs> Baby Cagney. All right, this went off the rails. It is at Jim Norton. Hilarities in Cleveland. Highly recommend you go check him out on August 17th and 18th. Uh, JimNorton.com and the podcast is everywhere as long as iTunes and uh, these other places still allow it. Jim, we got to go. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you again. And now for Hopper Proverbs, sponsored exclusively by Mug Club. It is said that if you give a dog some cheeses, you feed him for a day. But if you give a dog a cow, I don't, well, I don't know how to make cheeses, but uh, if I had a recipe and uh, some thumbs, I probably could figure it out. Just on Mug Club so Stephen can give Hopper more cheeses, because uh, he has thumbs. <laughs> Stay tuned for more Hopper Proverbs, sponsored by Mug Club. Ben Shapiro and Jim Norton. Uh, next week, incredible week of shows, and uh, we're gonna have Owen Benjamin here all week, taping some nice. sketches. Gonna be a lot of fun. And uh, yes, we talked about it earlier, so we teased it. And um, it is with uh, a heavy heart that actually, um, at Not Gay Jared, the character, as it were, will be retired after this program. Not Gay Jared will be moving on to. I guess you say greener pastures. <laughs> it sounds like taking, uh, Daddy people always confuse that behind, like with taken behind the barn. No, no, greener pastures means good, <laughs> means good things. Yeah. Uh, but let them know you have some stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. there is a uh, there's a lovely missus in my life yeah. and a lovely lady, and I will be joined by another lovely lady in just a few short months. It's true. So I'm uh, very excited. And uh, so you're really not gay. I've yeah. done some really wow. not gay stuff. <laughs> Honestly, let me clarify here too, to be clear. <laughs> It's not like Nakajira was fired because he decided to have a kid. No, no, no. no. It's, it, for those who don't know. Oh, you're pregnant. Ah, oh, you're fired. Yes. There's exponential growth, obviously, with the show and uh, a lot of new uh, pressures and expectations. And listen, you just, I mean, I, I, you, you. The hours it takes to, to put in the show is just, yeah. is pretty crazy. And uh, we yeah. work really darn hard. And um, yeah, it's just. Yeah. Good time. Move on to, yeah. to, to making babies, and uh, there you go. <laughs> was was never gay. A lot of people. Oh, by the way, never tweet me at S Crowder the first episode that not gay Jared appeared. Oh, I don't even think I remember that. No, no, no. I think we talked about it this year sometime. Did we? I think we did. I dug it up like a couple months ago, and I'm trying okay. to remember. I don't remember which yeah. one it is. I rough guess. Yeah, and that just let because, us know. Do you know. Do you remember how it started? Yeah, you said, "Hey, I have a producer here." Gay Jared, what do you have? What no, I said thoughts? who also happens to be gay. I was to be gay, and, and I just said it as a joke because I think you had told me that gay guys come on to you quite a bit, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Right? Apparently, well, apparently, I, mean, I like your shoes is a common pickup line in, in H&M. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get that all the time. I'm like, 
I was wearing flip-flops. You're actually very, fortunate. Talking. <laughs> very fortunate that they use that as an opening. Often yeah. they don't even talk. I know. Talk. They don't even yeah. talk. They just escort yeah. me to the changing room. Sling you forward. So. And, and then after that, a lot of people started their own conspiracy as yep. whether you were gay or not because you kept saying you weren't gay. And we yeah. said, okay, well, let's, let's go with this. And uh, the not gay Jared character was born. And you had to keep your missus under wraps for a long time. I'm pretty sure it was on your contract. I, I think a few <laughs> times talk on, about it at all. the show, I accidentally said something about yeah, it. Yeah, we had to, crap. We <laughs> actually bleeped it at times. Yeah, yeah. References uh, in the early days yeah. to... Uh, and, yeah, I remember that in the, early, in the early days. It was out of my den in Michigan, and uh, we had no idea what we were doing. None at all. We were just, we were on radio, but it was, a, it was back then. It was, you want to talk about sort of providential. The day Jared uh, became equipped at producing this as a podcast was the day that the station that carried us would no longer carry the show because <laughs> of some of the jokes that we had made. Yeah. We're like, we hey, let's try this a video and let's try Thursday night instead of Friday morning at 6 a.m. We're like, yeah, good. Thank because God. we're not, that's the only option. <laughs> and then we had a producer who said, I'm not, yeah, your jokes, we can't do this. And we're like, yeah. well, okay. Okay. All we'll right. Move so on. Yeah. And then they ended up carrying the show anyway that we produced. Right, every, every producer. Because it's uh, crazy. Yeah. 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 It was so. a weird, weird transition. It was a weird. And then eventually they dropped it all together. So it's still too many people. Well, no, that's because timing. we didn't want to do three. That's how all the commercials two started. Remember, sure. we just we yeah. had all these local ads that would play. Yeah. And we were like, well, what can we do? And we just made stuff up for the first. The first ones we used to do, if you remember, I think the first one we ever did was a uh, fake emergency system warning. Yeah, that was for, very against the law. And apparently we thought that's like <laughs> highly illegal. <laughs> <It's> highly, <laughs> <laughs> and we like, Velociraptor uh, warning. Yeah, Velociraptor warning. Uh, Lena Dunham <laughs> warning. Uh, Reese Witherspoon movie yeah. movie warning. <laughs> and we were we were saved because it was te it, technically it never made air on terrestrial it didn't radio. Never make it, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we could have gotten really screwed. Yeah, we could have. It was yeah. it was the bullet there. That, Turns out dating advice now. with Bill Cosby were the first commercials. Yeah, those ones. Yep, yep. Oh, Followed follow shortly by uh, Jesse Ventura. Yep, that's true. Everything Jesse was, Ventura was started. And we we have it's funny. Back then we had we bought the costume for Jesse Ventura. Like oh, well, when we go to video, and we just never ended up doing it because it's a it's a wrestling speedo. It is. It takes it takes some buy-in. Highly I'm not reflective quite, too. Not so great on green screen. I haven't quite invested in it yet. And if, and that's where you met Gerald. Of yep. course, on the yeah. show. Yeah, we had some beers, and all of a sudden, about a beer and a half in, Jared's drunk. I'm gone. I was and gone. This is true. <laughs> true. Walking down the wall. And by the way, we are going to have a, a, a montage here of of some uh, not get Jared best memories in just uh, just a minute or so what would you say your best memory is on the show oh gosh probably probably <laughs> dressed as a tranny taking a <laughs> dump on the texas capitol in the ladies restroom wait what when did we when did we do this? Right right before we interviewed oh, Wendy wait, Davis. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, that's not on tape. Actually, I'm I pretty sure is. we do have tape. I'm pretty sure it is on tape. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we have tape. Yeah. Because and by the way, awesome. at that point it was just had a camera that was always running. We never thought we were gonna get an interview with Wendy Davis. No. And then she's on like, that. Oh, transgender, come sometimes, on up. Sometimes <laughs> gifts happen. <laughs> So I took a gift, and I loved a gift. That's funny. <laughs> yep. I remember that. I would say my most memorable that we would probably uh, Utah was a big one because yeah. we like we yeah. wanted to put bullets in our brains because that was nonstop work. But it was one of the it biggest things we'd ever done. Yeah. We almost met up with the Hodge twins when we were there. Remember That's that? true, but we couldn't. We couldn't. They, were doing, we, they yep. were doing shows. That was the first time we. Went. Yeah, that was really memorable. And then in line with kind of what you talked about on the Michigan Capitol, if you go back mm. and we did the I'm just a Bill transgender. Oh yeah. Um, How many days did I work on that dumb costume? <laughs> it, was, it was you and your wife. I made, I made, yeah, me and my wife made it from scratch. Yeah, yeah. made it from scratch with, yep. with bed foam. And, uh, this bed foam was, and yeah. Sharpies. Bed foam and Sharpies. And we didn't have a green screen, so we had to put it down in my living room. Oh. And we cheated it where some of the shots you see are green screen. And then some of it was actually, they were actually shot on the Lansing uh, Capitol yeah, steps, Capitol Michigan. which was a far drive for us at the time. And while we were taping it, a, a state senator? Yeah, super far left Democrat a, super lady. Super far left black lady came up. She's like, but they 
that's great how you educate. And can I take a picture? Yeah, they were like, please do. <laughs> please do. And she uploaded it to Instagram. I, I, we retweeted her. Yes. Yep. And that was our first. It was great. It was an accidental troll job. Wow. It was. Uh, before we did, I think it was before we did really any of the serious undercover yeah, she stuff. She hates you, by the way. Yeah, yeah I'm, sure. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure she does. Uh, <laughs> I had a present for you. That's right. You had a present oh, for me. Yeah. Which is terrible because I didn't get you that's anything. Okay. I really hope it's spiders. I, yeah, so I'm a little <laughs> bit nervous because this is not typically the way we do things. Those brown ones, I hear those are fun. All right. Uh, I'm using a knife here, so if something goes wrong for those who are listening audio, this is going to be Apparently, I, I didn't have any wrapping tape, so I used yeah. boxing tape and wrapped... It's very considerate of you, This is a, but this is a terrible it's, wrapping. It's, it's for terrible. Well, I thought it was a little, little like a gloomy outside. I'm like, it could rain, so I wrapped it completely with tape. Right. <laughs> probably could have put this it in the back. This is all tape! <laughs> oh my gosh. This is all tape! We're oh, making okay. progress. Oh, thank you very much! Well, for people who can't see it... Here, this is very the original Stretch Armstrong. Oh, nice. It's very touching, but I'm not going to cry because I told myself I wouldn't. Don't cry. Uh, <laughs> I'll do it. I did it before being on air. <laughs> Got it out of the way. And I took some bourbon. Turned <laughs> some bourbon. Some people, it turns them emotional. It makes me, no, this is because for people who don't remember, we couldn't afford the original Stretch Armstrong. We couldn't afford the creepy collar. So I had the mini Stretch Armstrong, and it broke very quickly. Uh, that was very thoughtful of you. I really do appreciate it. And uh, we are... Uh, we are for sure going to miss you quite a bit here at the you show. Yeah. Your size fours will be impossible. <laughs> but uh, and uh, we do have a, a montage to get to to send you. And by the way, not, uh, I keep wanting to say not gay, Jared. Yeah, Jared won't be doing this, but you might come back every now and then. Yeah, for I'll be around. I will like not that. be a stranger. Yeah, he's not so. going to be a, a complete stranger. And um, we do we some uh, college dates or some all kinds of things. I'll be, that's right. Would like oh to be around. God. For. Yeah, I forgot about all the college dates. Like it's it's great that people, but it's like it is just very very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> This ain't the Ben Shapiro show, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have Tranny Bane coming out and motor scooters and smoke machines and lights, and it's like, oh, we gotta do this again. Don't Chimpanzees on segways. It's a uh, yes, yes. If, if we don't have the budget for it, but if we did, that <laughs> would be, be awesome. But um, it's hard to fill your shoes, but we are. You do. This is kind of a thing, like with fighters, you have to put the next guy over the top. We are. Uh, there's a. You're passing the torch. I'm passing the were, torch to um, our very own. Uh, it's actually good because I always wanted to, we always wanted to hire a black guy, and we had black guys who we can applied. make a lot more, more jokes. Yes. The jokes <laughs> category just expands. Yes, and quickly. we had a lot of black applicants for, but they weren't actually like video adept. They wanted to oh, write. True. But uh, actually, you know him as, as Key Grip Garrett, but he's a quarter black. He's quarter black. So um, yeah, not gay, Jared. The, the the seat, I guess, is uh, is um, he's going to be leaving the last time there. Touching not gay, Jared, and. Uh, there we go. To come on in is Key Grip Garrett, who is uh, a quarter black. You've helped quarter us, of black. course, with some hidden cameras. Yes. And you are, right? You can confirm this? I am, yes, I, I can confirm my father. Because we didn't bleep Jim Norton earlier. So my, that was, my father. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was based on the... Oh, God. Not a real... No, not a real what torch. The, no, not no, a, what the fuck? Cut to the montage. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song I will try not to sing out of key Oh baby, how do Me. Me so happy. 
and be the girl. <laughs> My esteemed colleague, Oliver Barnsley. Smells like bullshit, Batman.